Hello, and welcome to the Dissing My Ability podcast. I am your host, Ken Meeker, and today I am joined by somebody who I met about just over a year ago, back in mid-2021, and I had the pleasure of working with her as a career specialist, and since meeting her, I've witnessed tremendous growth and am very proud to introduce this week's guest, Athena Garcia. Hello, everyone. My name is Athena Garcia. I am currently a full-time AAC student who is currently majoring in special education with an emphasis in visual impairment. Very nice. And so, Athena, if you could maybe talk a little bit about what some of the challenges that are that you face from your disability in your day-to-day life, just so that the audience is a little bit more familiar with just, you know, what sort of challenges living with a disability has impacted your life. One of the biggest challenges that I have faced is night travel. Whenever I go out at night with a family member, my vision doesn't become that reliable. And also low lighting makes it really hard for me to tell where I'm going or when I'm reading a street sign. So I basically use my cane or I, or I walk with another family member and they could basically let me know what's right in front of me. Since sometimes I could have good vision days or bad vision days, depending on, you know, how much lighting there is, the time of day. And I'd also say that another one of my challenges is trying to have the confidence of using a cane in public. And I'm still in that adjustment period where I want to have the confidence of being able to use cane again, because while I was in FBC's adult comprehensive program, I have really grown my skills and confidence a lot but now that I haven't been in the program I haven't been using it as much since I still have some reliable and usable vision Mm -hmm. although I'd really like to get back to that yeah I hear you on that one you know because as you know I I don't always use a cane either it's it's, I view it as a tool but having that confidence uh, to use it is definitely an important thing and actually now that you, you you mention it one of the things I remember quite vividly from when you were a student at FBC is I recall when that very first time when you had to navigate by yourself uh, using public transportation, you know, going on a bus by yourself. At the time, you mentioned there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of anxiety associated with that. I'm hoping you might be able to share a little bit about where that anxiety came from and where that fear came from and how you... How do you feel about navigating and getting around your environment now? And maybe what are some of the, the struggles you still have in, in, in that area? So before I started having orientation and mobility training for using public transportation, you know, I've always wanted to go out to places on my own without having to depend on my grandparents because, you know, they were being really overprotective, but I've been wanting to really advocate for myself and let them know, hey, I could do this. My visual impairment doesn't prevent me from going to where I need to go at this specific time. And while I was having O&M training, I'd, you know, ask them if I could take the bus to you know school and they'd say and they would say no because they would tell me oh well there's bad people out there and you don't know what someone could try to do or say while you're out there you know navigating through the world but 
when I started um, O&N training and I had, and I had my first um, drop-off lesson, my O&M instructor had, had sent me an address where I needed to go to by taking the bus. And I was really nervous about it because I have never, ever taken the bus before ever in my life. And I told my own M instructor about it. And she said that I would be totally fine and that I have the skills to do it. And so our first lesson, we started planning out the route. And then in the the next lesson, I had to actually go on the lesson where me and my own M instructor, we would go to a specific location and I would get dropped off. And what I would do is I would go to the bus stop and wait for the bus and basically take that route back to FBC. And the first time that I did that while I was on the bus, I was really terrified (laughs) because I've never done this before. And also doing a street crossing by myself without having my instructor there really (laughs) scared me. And I almost had a panic attack on the bus, but I managed to, you know, pull myself together and keep going and get the lesson done. And I was really proud of myself for taking that first step outside of my comfort zone. And from then on out, I started growing more confident in using public transportation by myself. Yeah, I remember. I remember that that the day after it, how much everyone was so proud of you that that you overcame and you worked through those challenges, which you know, you and I have you know talked privately about you know anxiety and how to work with anxiety and you know tools to overcome it and manage it because we never get over it. We just have to manage our anxiety. You know, I think it's it's tremendous that you are as uncomfortable as facing those challenges can be that you do it. And that's the biggest thing is, is not letting it become overwhelming to the point where you get stuck. And I, I think that's so admirable that you are willing to face those challenges, even if they're uncomfortable. And that's one of the reasons I think I've seen tremendous growth in you and confidence building is that you do face these challenges, even as uncomfortable as they can be. How are you with, um, how do you feel about, you know, getting around and navigating your environment, you know, using the bus by yourself now? Is it, do you still have some anxieties associated with it or you have much more confidence in terms of, you know, using transportation and, and getting around and being mobile? With, in regards to transportation, I would say that I do have a, have the confidence in doing it because of the skills that I learned. I've grown tremendously. And something that I have realized while being in FPC's program is that your visual impairment or any other disability does not limit you in what you can do, as I have been finding these past few months. But I still get a little bit of anxiety about it because, you know, my vision's not always, not always reliable and I'm afraid that, you know, I might get stuck at an intersection (laughs) without any support or I'm afraid that someone might make a comment while I had, while I had my cane with me, although it has, although the cane has given me confidence and as long as you're confident doing it, I feel it would make you less vulnerable and people will admire your, your skills. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Actually, it's, you know, funny or interesting that regards to the cane, 
a lot. I know a lot of people when they first first start using a cane, myself included, is the stigma that we feel is attached to it. You know, like, oh my God, everybody's going to be looking at me. And as I discussed with a uh, Aaron, who was a, a guest on a previous episode of the podcast, yes, everyone's going to be looking at you because odds are you're the first person they've ever seen with a cane. And human beings are naturally curious. So they're like, hey, somebody with a cane, but it doesn't necessarily, they're not necessarily looking in a bad way. They're just curious. And I think that that's kind of important to keep in mind is oftentimes we're the first person they've ever seen who's using a white cane. (laughs) And so that confidence definitely can go a long way. Another thing that, you know, having to do with, you know, anxiety and some, and something that I think you and I both have share is uh, some social anxiety, which I know can be present, you know, using the bus. And especially when you can't see everything that's going on, there's certainly heightened awareness of your surroundings and whatnot. And uh, I remember one time uh, specifically, you and I were talking about social anxiety and interviewing and all of that kind of stuff and how to work with that anxiety. I kind of surprised you one day where I started asking you interview quest interview style questions, just like out of the blue. And you were kind of not prepared, I guess would be a way. And uh, one of the things that I did that is because I really wanted to help you with the confidence building and being prepared for any situation that can present itself and that you can have confidence no matter what. And I've certainly seen that happen with you. You have your confidence level is in such a different place than when I first met you. And I, I think it's, it's, it's amazing. And life can challenge us in very unexpected ways. How do you, how have you seen your confidence grow like over the years as you've acquired more skills and been more, I don't want to say open about your disability, but more willing to, I guess, maybe acknowledge it and just obtain more tools so that life isn't maybe so, so difficult. I'd say that definitely, I'd say that my confidence has grown a lot ever since I started FBC's program because before I walked through those doors and I started I was painfully shy and I was afraid to talk to people because I wasn't sure whether you know someone was going to like bite or not but (laughs) and it turns out that everyone was super nice you know staff and other students I'm glad nobody bit you (laughs) I know so what are some of the things that you've used to build your, build that confidence? And, you know, cause when I know when I talk to you now, you carry yourself with so much more confidence than when I first met you. And I just, I, you deserve all of the credit for the work. So, you know, cause you know, maybe for somebody who's at a place in their own journey with disability, where they, they're trying to figure out how to get that confidence um, and sort of maybe somebody that's in that space where you were, what sort of tips, what, advice can you give to somebody that is that, that, that really wants to build that confidence? One thing that I would say is basically step out of your comfort zone and face the fear because if you know if you don't face the fear of like for example like using your cane in public then you're not going to get there and it takes confidence and practice and it's the same thing with self-advocacy speaking up for yourself on what your needs and wants are and also showing people that you're a human being takes practice. This is very true. Yeah. Cause I, I, I think the, the Athena that I met when I first met you would never have contacted me and be like, I want to be on your podcast. <laughs> and that's just a testament to how much you've grown is that you're like, I want to be, I want to be on the podcast. And I think that's awesome because you're putting yourself out there. Tremendous, tremendous, tremendous growth. And I think that that will 
only make you that much better of a teacher and of, as an of an educator. Uh, so talking about your goal in wanting to become a teacher, more specifically a teacher for the visually impaired, what what drew you to that that specific type of you know instruction and wanting to be that type of teacher? So wanting to be a TVI and being in a degree program specifically for that, it all started with FBC Ken because once I was in that program and I started, I thought I was the only person who was visually impaired, but it turns out that, <laughs> that there were others who are visually impaired as well. You're not and the only so, one. <laughs> And making those connections was really important because everyone has similarities, but also has different experiences. Yep. And it made me feel like I, I had a place and a space, you know, like fit in and talk about my experiences and feelings. And also, you know, having all these amazing like instructors that were really, you know, accepting and understood what it was like and making those connections with them really helped I'd say improve my self-confidence in the training that I received and I knew that I could use that knowledge to help others who were like me because I know what it's like to be vis visually impaired and and I want to educate other people that yes individuals who are visually impaired are able to, you know, do the things that they want to do, live on their own, go to school. Yeah, we can be whatever we want to be. The only limits are the ones we put on ourselves. I firmly, firmly, firmly believe that. You're, you're early uh, uh, in on your, your university education right now. What are, some, what are some of the things that you would tell somebody who is, you know, maybe still in high school or thinking about going to college and, and, and going out and sort of being out there on their own for the first time, what, what sort of advice would you have for somebody that's a teenager or, or whatnot? Um, and maybe they don't live in an area where there's as much support and as much, you know, uh, availability of services like there is, you know, uh, you know, in the area that, you know, in Phoenix, which is, which is where we are and where FBC is, which is a tremendous organization. Because, uh, you know, some people might be more rural or somewhere where there's not as much support. What would you say to those people? One thing that I would say is really, really advocate for yourself and put your voice out there because you have to be visible and have yourself heard and seen because the majority of people don't, you know, understand what visual impairment is. And so it's really important to, you know, advocate for the services needed. And speaking of services, being in high school, I have had vision loss my whole entire life. And I've been low vision and I still didn't know that I was visually impaired before starting mm -hmm. FPC's program. And I never received the accommodations needed to be successful. And I never had a TBI because my high school didn't do enough to support me. And so I was basically swept under the rug. Yeah, it, it, it's just uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, a lot of people aren't aware that, you know, they think that it's either that people that are, you know, blind or, you know, low vision, visually impaired, 
that that's you can either see every you see nothing or you see fine and that glasses will fix it it's a spectrum <laughs> right as you know you you and I both know this but I think that often it's it can be easy for people to forget that um it's a spectrum just because I'm you know legally blind doesn't mean that I don't see anything and very few people who are who are blind see nothing um that is really uncommon actually and I think most people aren't aware of that they usually think oh well you're blind you don't see anything I don't know what your experience has been with people assuming that you see perfectly fine oftentimes people meet me and they're like what you you but you 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 do just fine I'm like well yeah because I have tools to do it and I've you know learned how to do the things that I do but that doesn't mean that I am not severely visually impaired so how do you because that could be a really interesting space to have to navigate sometimes and I don't know if you feel like you have to explain yourself maybe more than you want to sometimes that can be a challenge. Do you ever encounter that? And what are some of the ways that you deal with that? In terms of advocating for myself, I, I always do this with my parents, which is one example, because I tell them, you know, I need to use my cane when I'm out going somewhere, even during the day, because my vision's not always reliable, although I can and can't see. Mm-hmm. And when I tell them that, they think that, oh, well, you can see perfectly fine, or why are you taking your cane with you? It's just something that helps me, you know, navigate the world. Yeah, and be safe. You know, that's what I, I always have my cane with me, even if I'm not using it, because it's a safety tool, you know, it's, it's I need to be safe, and I need to be able to do what I need to do. And um, uh, it's, I'm glad that you've, that you do advocate for yourself in that way, because it keeps you safe, you know? So I know you had touched on reading can be a challenge due to your due to your disability. So as a student, how do you how do you face that challenge head on and what tools or methods have you developed so that you're able to uh, effectively, you know, accomplish the, the school assignments that you have and the papers that you have to turn in and that sort of thing. One option that I use is high contrast while doing my assignments. So basically it's white text over a black background. And that helps with my eye fatigue a lot because when I experience that, I would get lightheaded and then I have to take breaks in between. And with that, I could read for long periods of time while using the high contrast. And also I would make my computer screen bigger with the screen magnifier so that I'm so I'm able to read what is on the screen, even though I have blurry vision. So just, you, you, you know, workarounds to try and uh, make it a little bit less burdensome, I guess, would be? Yes. One of the things that um, I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about, any challenges that you still sort of are working through? Because some, one of the reasons that, that, I, that I wanted to start this podcast is to give people that maybe don't have a strong support structure or are new in their journey with disability and are really struggling to let them hear from you know other people with a disability that they're not you know they're not alone in their struggle that it's a journey there is not a destination nobody is ever 100% comfortable in their disability me included it's a journey and you just you know you tackle it you face it head on and you remove as many limits from yourself as possible by believing and having that confidence that you and I've already talked about 
So what are some of the things that um, are still, that can still be a challenge and that you still really see as obstacles that are, that you're, that you're facing and working on and dealing with? Because the progress that I, or I would want to call it progress, the, the growth that I've seen you make is just, it's tremendous. And it really does show that it, it's possible to, to, you know, from where you started out to where you are now, it's, it's, it's almost, you're not a different person, but you just, you, you carry yourself with so much more confidence and believing in yourself, which I is so amazing to see. What, what, what are some of the things that you still might, might struggle with more frequently than you would like to? I'd say definitely one of the biggest things is, again, going back to earlier, um, using, using a cane. And the reason why is because it, it, it it's also a fight because, you know, I want to use it to increase my confidence knowing that I could still, you know, navigate the world and <laughs> go to where I want to go. But at the same time, it's difficult because sometimes I'm like, oh, well, I don't need it. But other times I might need it for specific situations such as navigating the grocery store yeah, or traveling out at night or even in the evening hours and another thing that's hard is honestly you you never know what people are going to say or think about it because you know people with visual impairments were a low were a low incidence population and so the majority of people probably don't see someone with a cane as much if that makes sense yeah, yeah, I, 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 I hear you on that. And honestly, I think most people with visual impairments struggle with the cane uh, a lot more than uh, <laughs> than we like to admit sometimes. Because it, it's you know, it, it, there, nobody likes to feel like they're being you know stared at, even if it's not necessarily from a, a negative or a nefarious you know uh, place uh, from the the people that are that are you know seeing it. So I, I'm glad that you're you know you're open about that. That can still be. Um, a challenge sometimes and that you know you admit that you want to work on it do you have any other you know thoughts or pieces of wisdom that you would like to share or embark another thing that i would say is raise that awareness and educate people on why you use the skills that you use like reading and writing braille or using a cane or even advocating for yourself that way we could have, you know, like more people realize that it's not necessarily a negative to have a visual impairment because there's there's still like so much that you could, you know, I guess say accomplish with it mm -hmm. because the majority of people don't know what it is. And so, you know, FPC has events like the, the White Cane Walk or on World Braille Day kind of educate the community on why people do the things that they do in order to become successful. So I'd say that self-advocacy is one of the biggest things that I've learned because not a lot of people understand what it's like or what a person's experience is. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, if they don't know, they don't know. And so it's, you know, as the person with the disability, we sort of, you know, we can't expect every, people to just know what our needs are. We have to speak up. That's so true. And it's so important. Would you say that since you've gotten better and you've advocated for yourself more that your uh, just the, your overall life has improved and things have gotten a little less challenging because you say what you you tell other people 
kind of what you need. And it is challenging to advocate for yourself. Some people are, you know, ignorant about it. And so some people don't like want to hear what you have to say, even though you do put your voice out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not everybody is, you know, the truth, sad truth is, is there are people that are, there's always going to be people that can get in our way, but um, to remember that we don't have to let them stay in our way. We can, you know, if, if, some, if there's a barrier, we can always find a way around it. As long as we just, we were persistent enough, I think, I think that's, you know, and use all of our resources. Like, you know, I think that's important. So Athena, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and being open and honest about your journey. And I've been it from the bottom of my heart. I've seen you grow so much and I'm incredibly, incredibly proud of you. This, it's been great having you on and you being my guest. I, I always enjoy talking to you. Thank and you, Ken. You're, really you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, and I know you're going to be an amazing teacher. I don't know if I've already said that, but I know you're just, you're going to be a phenomenal teacher because your heart is so in it and it comes from such a genuine, sincere place. You are going to be a great teacher. I have no doubt about that. Thank and, you. I, I agree as well. <laughs> that's a, that's confident. That's the confidence I want to hear. So I am your host, Ken Meeker, a certified professional coach and owner of Vitality Career Coaching. Please join me every week as I discuss some of the everyday challenges that individuals who are differently abled face and how we overcome those challenges and live full and complete lives. This is the Dissing My Ability podcast, and it's all about trying to peel back the curtain on disability, removing shame and feelings of otherness associated with being differently abled. And please remember to subscribe, share, like, and tune in every week. And finally, please remember to be kind to others and also to yourself.